Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and if your sweet tooth ever comes calling, you need to get introduced to my guest today. This is Haley Venter. She is the owner of Crumb Coat and Chill, which is, for my money, one of my favorite bakeries in Omaha, whether you want cakes, cookies, oatmeal cream pies, brownies. I mean, she runs the spectrum. Haley, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course, the pleasure is all mine. Now, there's a lot of different uh, bakeries in Omaha or home bakers, but I feel like each of them kind of has a personality, something that kind of sets them apart, makes them unique from all the others. What would you say is kind of Crumb Coat and Chill's calling card? What separates it from the other bakeries? That's a good question. Um, I think I just have a touch of whimsy about my style that I think reflects my food and also I just don't take it too seriously like I like to get a little bit silly with it sometimes and I think that kind of sets me apart but also all of the other bakeries are like huge inspirations to me so I wouldn't mind if I were a little bit like them. (laughs) That's totally fair. I I, I like your comment on whimsy though because I think one of one of my first experiences with Crumb Coat and Chill I came to her company and I'll, I'll talk about that more in a second but I came in and I got a cake. And it was the simplest cake of all time. It was just a small yellow cake that just had a smiley face on it. It was just two dots for eyes and uh, just, you know, a a U-shape for a a smiley mouth. And I brought it home to my wife, and my wife was, like, in love with it. She was like, that is so cute. And it was the simplest thing, but it was whimsical, and it was fun. And, yes, you can make things that have elaborate designs and take hours and hours to create, but sometimes... Something just that simple can just bring joy to people as well. Yeah, I think it just kind of brings us all back to our childhood with, you know, the sweet little things that are just so basic but so good. Mm-hmm. It just kind of feels you, makes you feel young again. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get into anything else, I got to know about the name. Uh, obviously, uh, Netflix and chill has been a popular uh, phrase for quite some time now. Crumb Coat and Chill. As you're creating this company, what made that the name that you wanted to choose? Yeah, so that definitely came about in the Netflix and Chill era when it was like a really cool and funny thing to say. Um, I had started out just kind of, I didn't even have the business established yet. I was just doing like, hey, watch me make a cake on Instagram, just kind of showing the process. Um, so obviously part of the process is you crumb coat a cake and then you chill it. So I just 
it was a caption on one of my Instagram stories and somebody was like, hey, that's what you should call your business. And I was like, yeah, sure, that'll work. And then it just kind of went from there. The name stuck, it never went away and it just kind of became my brand. It's brilliant. It's one of those names and it makes even more sense when I hear you describe it. But like when you hear that, it sticks in your head and you're not going to forget. I mean, there are so many bakeries that have very similar names. That's one where it's just going to be like, yep, that's here. I'm remembering that. So before we get into any more of the episode and describing any cakes or cookies or anything, or before we get into this box, because there's going to be all kinds of good stuff in here. If you are at all tempted during this episode, and you're like, I need to experience this for myself. Either go to crumbcoatomaha.com. You can place custom orders there or buy things or visit her company, which is a boutique off of 156 and Q. Haley's constantly got stuff that's going up in there. Uh, cakes, cookies, like I said, brownies. You've got ice cream sandwiches, I believe. I mean, all kinds of different stuff. And you can come in and there will be something different in there just about every time. So those are two ways to get your hands on Haley's Baking. Now, to get into that baking a little bit, the thing that I find amazing about you is you are a one-woman show. You do the baking. You do the decorating. You do the designing. You test um, the recipes. You run your social media accounts. You update your website. On top of it all, you're a mom. Like, you have all these different hats that you wear. I I guess I'm just going to start off with a lame question. Just say, how? Like, how, how do you keep this all straight? Um, It's a lot of hats. And I don't love wearing so many hats because I would love to just focus on the baking. I think first and foremost, I'm an artist. And then second, I'm a business owner. And I'm still figuring how the heck to do all that. Um. So honestly, I don't know how I keep it together. I think if you saw some more behind the scenes, you'd be like, yeah, she's not keeping it together. Um, but I just take it one day at a time and, you know, whatever's the most pressing need, whether it's, you know, updating social media, whether it's baking. I think baking is the one that always takes precedence, obviously. And then everything else kind of ends up on the back burner until it's like, hey, you need to do this. So... I don't know how I wear that many hats, but well, learning to delegate. Maybe it looks crazy underneath the water, but on top of the water, everything looks very smooth and calm from a customer point of view. I will say that. Well, thank you. So just to give people a perspective on how much work, and this is just the baking side of things that Haley goes through. I found an Instagram post that you detailed. This is from April 17th of 2022, so you're probably even busier now. But this over a five-day period... You used 38 pounds of butter, 36 pounds of flour, 27 pounds of granulated sugar, 22 pounds of powdered sugar, nine dozen eggs, and six pounds of Cadbury mini egg chocolates. And this was for 60 dozen cookies, custom cakes, and more. At that time, all being cooked out of your apartment kitchen. So I just want to give people an idea of just how much work and how much passion you put into this. And like I said, I bet a lot of those numbers have increased now that you've Absolutely. grown in popularity yeah. and, and now that you're uh, in her company as well. So we talked a little bit about the, the whimsical designs and kind of what, what sets Chrome Coat and Chill apart. What inspires your designs and the techniques that you use? Ooh, um, I'm really inspired just by art in general. Um, I think I see a lot of inspiration from other artists and not necessarily other like food artists, but just, you know, I see beauty 
everywhere. And I think it's fun to take those ideas and put them into food. Like I take pictures of pottery and I'm like, yeah, that would be a really sick cake design um, or just nature because I just love anything floral or green or like plant related. Um, so it kind of it kind of comes from everywhere. So obviously this might be a tough question because you've done so many designs over the years, but when you think about some that you're the most proud of or some that really stick out to you, are there any that pop to the front of your brain? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did a cake this past weekend. I haven't even posted yet, but I'm sure it'll be out by the time this podcast is. Um, it was this cake that was absolutely covered, you know, top to bottom in these fresh and dried flowers. And it was for this garden party that was absolutely stunning. Um, and I think that's something I'm super proud of. Um, I've done some really great wedding cakes that I love that are also covered in flowers. So I think you can probably see a theme in that, like anything floral, anything bright is definitely like my calling. You are a self-described crazy plant lady. What yes. What is it about flowers and plants that really uh, it makes them something that you draw inspiration from? Um, just the way that they, you know, literally breathe life into, you know, your whole world, your surroundings. So I'm, I have like over 200 houseplants inside of my little apartment. Um, and it just, it makes me, it makes me feel whole. Um, it just makes me feel alive. And I think that's something I like to bring into my work. What's the wildest or maybe not the wildest, but one of the wildest, um, requests that you've gotten from a customer? I'm putting you on the spot a little. You are. Um, I mean, there there's a lot of stuff I'll say no to. Um, there have been some like inappropriate requests that I'm like, yeah, I don't think I can replicate that. Um, people ask me for a lot of cartoon work, and it just, I don't know how to do it well. Um, one time I attempted an Oscar the Grouch cake, and it was like... I mean, I know he's like a garbage guy, but this cake <laughs> was a garbage cake. It was probably the most embarrassing thing I've ever made. Um, so I don't know about wild, but I know there. I know I can't do it all. Okay, sure. fair. So if you want a floral cake, especially, she's yes. she's the one. Maybe if you want some cartoony designs, maybe maybe not quite so much. And that's why there's so many bakeries in Omaha. There are people with different special uh, specialties. One scrolling back through your Instagram. Uh, just looking at different designs that you've won. Really, one that really stood out to me. You did this beautiful, beautiful one. It was like a honey pot. It was a honey cake, like coming out of the pot, I think. And then it had honeycomb on top. It was just absolutely gorgeous. I mean, people, go to Crumb Coat and Chill on Instagram. Just scroll through her, or you've got designs on your website as well. Mm -hmm. There is so much to look at and just be inspired by because you really have a serious talent for this. But... It's not all window dressing. When you cut into that cake and then bite into that cake, the flavors that come forth are really interesting as well. And something that I really like about your offerings is it's not just vanilla, chocolate, white cake. It's all kinds of variations of cake flavor itself, but then different ganaches, different fillings, different buttercreams. I mean, there are so many different flavor combinations and you've done a lot of different ones over the years. How do you, how do you come up with different flavors? Is that all customer inspired or is, are these things that you're coming up with yourself? 
Uh, some of it's customer inspired for sure. People will put in their requests and be just like, I love this flavor combination. What can you make happen with it? So then I, I love that challenge. And I'm like, yes, I've got this. I've got this idea. Um, but also a lot of it comes from my fine dining background. Um, I didn't always do cakes. I spent a lot of time in fine dining restaurants doing pastry, even doing savory type foods. So a lot of it comes from what I learned from you know, tons of different chefs, tons of different restaurants, um, culinary school, um, just, I mean, trying different foods and being like, yes, we're going to make that work somehow. Um, a couple flavor combinations that I saw on Instagram that I want to highlight just to kind of talk about the uniqueness, a mango and chili cake, which as someone who likes spicy food, like that sounds amazing to me, like a, a sweet kind of spicy, savory combo. Incredible. Also, you had a picture of a rich chocolate cake filled with banana pastry cream, covered with peanut butter buttercream, a dark chocolate, and a dark chocolate ganache drip, which just sounds like just a Reese's fan's absolute dream. It's fantastic. So just, just to tease out a couple things, and I do want to get more into your background. We're going to get there soon. But I'm really interested in... Just the idea of making a wedding cake for someone, because for most people, for a lot of people at least, their wedding day is one of the biggest days of their life. If not the biggest, it's, you know, top two or three. It's definitely the most important day of my life so far. So when someone comes to you and says, hey, I would love for you to make my wedding cake, that's an enormous part of, you know, such a pivotal day for them. What is that feeling like to have someone entrust that responsibility to you? Um, it's a little terrifying, uh, but it's also a serious honor um, just to be part of somebody's special day like that. That's kind of why I got into this, because I love the community that surrounds food, and I get to be a part of people's like best days, their kids' baptisms, their birthdays, their weddings, everything. And it just, it, it really is an honor. So I found a quote from you uh, on Instagram a little while ago where you said, I really like the couples that want something whimsical and unique outside of the traditional wedding cake. Uh, what are a couple examples of that, of couples that came to you and, and really excited you where, oh, no, this isn't, you know, just a, a really fancy white cake or whatever, but this is something unique that kind of sparked that passion in you? Yeah, I really love the couples who want to work with bold color palettes. Those really, really excite me. Or the couple who wants like a really moody, like dark cake. Um, anything, anything different. I think Nebraska still really loves like a rustic wedding. They love like a naked wedding cake or, you know, like a white cake with a little bit of texture, a little bit of greenery, which is great. Those are good cakes. But I think everybody's had those cakes. So I love it when you when I get a request for something that's just completely different, the bright, the bold, you know, juicy flowers and, you know, whimsical arrangements that are just kind of like bursting. Um, that really kind of speaks to my soul as an artist, I think. Mm -hmm. OK, so we've done a lot of talking about how beautiful your cakes and we've done a lot of talking about cake. You do a lot more than cake. All your designs are beautiful. We've talked a lot about how beautiful your designs are and how great they taste. You've actually brought some into the studio today. So for those watching on YouTube, this is just a bonus to watching on YouTube. Now you get to see this. Are there a couple desserts that you'd like to highlight here and, and show what we got going on? Like show them, show yeah, them? Yeah, show them. Like pull them out of the box? Yes, absolutely. I can help you. Yeah. 
Oh, you brought one of the scones? Yes, I made the scones today because I knew you liked them. Um, can't even pick a favorite out of here. I really love the Fruity Pebbles cookie. That's just a really good time. So people, just look like, here's my hand for frame of reference. That is a giant cookie and an awesome looking cookie. Um, you do savory baking. You've got a scone there. Uh, this is a creme brulee cupcake. I've had that before. That's absolutely tremendous. You've got kind of the caramelized uh, texture on top. What is this slice of cake? I'm very curious. That is a vanilla cake with Nutella buttercream, straight up Nutella in the middle with an, another Nutella drizzle. So we just kind of went like hardcore Nutella right there. Well, that, that sounds terrible. I definitely won't have that tonight. Sometimes I just make stuff that I really want to eat. And then I'm like, all right, we're going to sell it now because I can't eat a whole cake so <laughs> how often is that your inspiration like whether you just see something on instagram or you know you talked about even from your your background in fine dining being able to you've just got this whole catalog of flavors like does stuff just hit you every once in a while like man i wonder what that would be like in a cake yes i wake up in the middle of the night and have to write stuff down because ideas just hit me and i cannot rest until it has manifested into an actual dessert i have too many ideas not enough time to execute all of them but we've got lists on lists it'll happen eventually always gives you something to do keep you busy yes. yeah. so i'm sure this varies from dessert to dessert but like generally speaking and i'll stick to cakes here because I'm sure it changes from cookies to cakes to scones to everything. But generally speaking, like when you come up, you wake up in the middle of the night and you've got a great idea and you write it down and you come back to it in the morning and you still like that idea. Generally, how long does it take before a customer ever sees that, whether it's on your website or at her company? Like what's the process from ideation to actually creating this thing so the public can buy it? It could be days it could be months. There really is no specific timeline on it. I'm a planner in that it all gets written down, but the execution is just kind of chaos, honestly. Um, so you never know when it's going to happen. Sometimes I'm just like, wow, I have a moment. I should go check that list and see what I've been dying to make. Some You can't always make like exactly what you want because I'm here to please my customers, my clients 100% of the time. But sometimes I just get like a little moment for me and be like, yes, we're going to take a moment, bake something that I love, bring a little bit of passion back into it for a minute um, and really come up with something new. And then those things just become like my staples. And that's how my menu grows and develops. Is there anything on your list right now that you feel comfortable teasing? I, we're not going to hold your feet to the fire like, mm -hmm. and say, okay, you have to make this by a certain date, but like anything to tease out to the listeners or those watching on YouTube, just like this is something I've got. It's in my brain, and I'm really excited about making it happen. Like a reason to another reason to follow you on on Instagram and potentially be on the lookout for. Uh, think. I've been talking a lot about doing donuts. I really want to make donuts okay. a thing. I love cake donuts, and I think those have so much potential to become like really fun flavors, silly toppings, fun designs. So. That might be in the future. Okay. So follow Chrome Coat and Chill, Facebook and Instagram. Take Just keep a lookout for donuts. We're not saying you have to make donuts, but if donuts make an appearance, that's one more thing to get excited about. So before we get into your background, there is something that I want to give you a chance to address because I've seen a lot of bakers talking about this, and I actually saw a TikTok 
uh, of a home baker talking about this last week, and I think it's really important that customers understand this. The price of ingredients for you as a baker has risen significantly over the past months and maybe even years. We're, I mean, butter and eggs are the obvious ones, but I was just talking with somebody in the food service industry uh, this past weekend. Flour is another one that's gone way up. Oil is something that has increased quite a bit recently. So I was watching this TikTok, and this homemaker made, made this beautiful three-tiered cake, but it cost her $45 to make. So by the time she creates it, charges for labor, uh, you know, has a delivery fee, you're talking about over a $60 cake that she's making almost no money on and customers are complaining to her. But it's just like, well, I'm not just going to give you a free cake. Like I need, you know, I need to make a profit off this. This is my living. So I would just like love to give you a chance to just kind of vocalize for people and help them understand a little bit just what bakers are going through and how these costs are affecting your business. Yeah, it's really difficult um, with the rising costs of ingredients and us wanting to keep our quality up. So we're going to keep buying the good butter and the good eggs and the good chocolate so that we can keep giving you a good product. Um, so it is difficult by the time it's all said and done, by the time we've put all of the labor and all of, of the ingredient costs into it, and then the client comes back to us and they go, yeah, that's really expensive. I can get it for so much cheaper at Costco or Walmart or Hy-Vee, who all have great cake. It's consistent. It's good. You know, it's abundant. But at the end of the day, a luxury cake or a luxury cookie costs luxury money. Mm -hmm. um, and it's hard. It's hard to justify that to the customer who doesn't know everything that goes into it. And I don't hold anybody at fault. For that at all um, but it's hard to tell them like listen I don't work for free my art costs money my time costs money my experience costs money and these ingredients cost a lot of money so it's kind of hard to explain to somebody there's so much that goes into this cake that isn't just butter and sugar and flour mm -hmm. and I, I appreciate you you know being open and honest to talk about that I mean I think it's you know it goes back to what you see at a wedding is usually the cake that is on the head table for the bride and the groom and maybe for their wedding party is a lot different than the cake that's available for everyone else. There's the premium signature cake, and then there's the Costco cakes. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with the Costco cakes, and people love those, but there's a reason that the, the couple is paying extra for that special cake because it takes extra time, extra care, uh, better ingredients. And honestly, you're paying for your level of expertise. No offense to the cake decorator at Hy-Vee, but they can't decorate like you can. So I, I just wanted to get that out there and hopefully help people understand a little bit better why, you know, if they are going to a, a custom designer, why the prices are higher. There's a good reason for that. It's the same as if you get a burger from Block 16 versus if you get a McDouble at McDonald's. Right. We're talking apples and oranges. Yeah. One costs more than the other. Enough of that. Let's get into your background. One thing that fascinates me and about you and struck me as kind of wild is that your introduction, correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I can tell, your introduction to the restaurant industry was actually Red Robin. What was it about that job that lit a fire under you and inspired you to get into food? Um, it was, oh gosh, um, 
I think I found out really quickly that I loved the chaos of the restaurant. Um, they started me out as a host, and then I quickly moved up to server, moved up to training all of the front of house people, and then they were short line cooks, and I was like, let me do it. And they're like, no, because they were really big on, like, you know, women are not line cooks, and that it was little misogynistic. Sorry, Red Robin, don't be like that. But they were just like, no, 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 no. We're not throwing... 18 year old you back in the kitchen with a bunch of dudes like it's fast and it's crazy and it's dirty and I was like let me do it I got this and I'd always loved cooking and I didn't know I was going to be good at it but I was kind of good at it I was kind of fast I wasn't doing anything important I was just you know making burger sets and sliding them to the guy who was putting the patties on and sending them out the window but it was fun it was crazy it was fast and I just loved being kind of in the middle of that fire. You're not the first person who said that to me uh, as a part of the restaurant industry, that they love the chaos, that they thrive in it. Can you put your finger on why? Like, what is it about that environment that really sparks you? I think I just work really well under pressure. I think I just love having, you know, a fire behind me pushing me forward. Um, It makes me feel energetic. It makes me feel alive makes me feel super stressed, but it's it's just a really good time. So uh, you, after you were inspired at Red Robin, you had a, uh, a stint in culinary school in 2012 before you started, uh, according to my research, you started creating pastries and fine dining restaurants and bakeries, but you said you worked a little bit on the savory side too. So kind of after culinary school, can you kind of walk me through, and you don't have to, if you want to, you can eat, you can name specific restaurants or experiences or just kind of talk about it in generalities. But like, what were those next couple of years from you and, and how, like, what did you learn there? Um, I think the few years after culinary school, I hopped around quite a bit. Um, I think as a lot of young chefs do when they're just trying to gobble up everything around them. Um, so I was just seeking information everywhere I went. So I wanted, I wanted to learn the ins and outs of the restaurant. I wanted to learn how to like, cook really well on grill or like on saute on the pasta station or you know I spent a lot of time in garmage making salads and throwing together charcuterie boards at the gray plume um and then they let me do pastry and that was that was really just like the cherry on top for me Uh, you talked a little bit earlier about flavors and how some of those experiences have helped you develop some different flavors to put into your baked goods now is there anything else from from those experiences, especially working in the savory world, that you find yourself incorporating now into your business? Um, I think the most I learned from like the savory aspect is that you can bring savory flavors into sweet things, and they're like absolutely unreal. Like I love to use herbs in sweet, you know, sweet presentations, or you know, something spicy or something just really umami. Um, and I think it helped me really learn balance, too, because I think a lot of baked goods you eat sometimes are, like, really just overwhelmingly sweet. And I think the savory part kind of taught me that, like, salt is salt is the homie. Like, you have to balance it out with, like, a good amount of salt, a good amount of savory, so that that sweet has the right moment and doesn't just attack you with sugar. Mm-hmm. I'm sure this is going to be a very obvious question for you. But just to pull back the curtain for people who haven't worked in either environment, what are the main differences between working in a restaurant 
like creating pastries in a restaurant or working in a bakery versus what you do now? Um, so pastry, pastry chef life was a lot different. It was a lot, I don't want to say more technical, but everything was just like smaller and tighter. And I think like a little bit less creative freedom to be like the silly and whimsy that I want to be. Um, when you're eating fine dining, you want something really, really beautiful and refined. And like, if I looked down at a fine dining restaurant and saw some fruity pebbles on my plate, it'd be like, yeah, that ain't it. But it's different you know, doing my own thing now, doing the kind of bakery gig that I can just, I can throw some cereal on something and I'm like, yes, this is the move. Mm -hmm. So in uh, 2018, you had your son Avery. And I believe that is when you left the restaurant industry. Um, So you're obviously entering a, a new phase of life, but it seems like that desire to feed people and that desire to stay in the chaos never left you. Like, what, was it hard for you to to leave the industry? Um, it was it was what I needed to do at the time. I was single parenting, so I wanted to focus all of my time and energy on my son, and I just wanted to make sure he got the best of me. You don't get a ton of stability in the restaurant world, um, so I just wanted to make sure that he was my first priority. So I went and worked in a law firm for a few years, and it was stable, but it was kind of soul crushing. Um, so it didn't it didn't last long. I started doing cakes and pastries and stuff on the sides for friends and for whoever wanted them, really, just so I could kind of keep the creativity alive. Um, and then in the middle of COVID, I was fired unexpectedly, and I realized I didn't want to go back and sit in an office ever again. So I was like, you know what? We're just gonna make this the we're gonna make this the job. This is it. How hard of a leap was that to make? It was really hard. Um, thankfully, um, I had I had met my husband like maybe maybe like nine months prior to that. We were dating, and he he supported me through the whole thing. He made sure my rent was paid. He made sure you know he would help me with deliveries. He would stay up with me late at night when. You know, I was baking and panicking and messing th- things up, and he just he made sure that that I could make this business a reality. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about Certified Piedmontese. Anyone who listens to this podcast or follows me on social media knows that I enjoy my fair share of decadent meals and delicious desserts. And that's why it's really important to me to eat really clean between big meals And that is one of the main reasons I love certified Piedmontese. Piedmontese cattle have extra muscle mass, which allows them to maintain a rich tenderness without much fatty marbling. In fact, ounce for ounce, certified Piedmontese beef has fewer calories and more protein than salmon. Don't believe that healthy food can taste this good? Just try it. When you order off CertifiedPiedmontese.com, use the promo code HOPPEN, that's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, for 25% off your order. You will taste the difference for yourself. If you are looking for steak, roasts, tenderloins, bacon, and more, check out CertifiedPiedmontese.com and experience the Certified Piedmontese difference today. And now, back to my guest. Now, you mentioned that Crumb Coat and Chill started off as a side hustle until some point in 2020 where you decided this was going to be the real thing. October 2019 was Crumb Coat and Chill's first Instagram post. That's like when 
at least digitally, you welcomed yourself to the world. Even back then, like, well, I guess, when did the idea enter your mind that maybe this is something more than just making cakes or pastries for friends or for my son or for my husband, but like, this could be a business. Maybe if it, if you weren't even thinking full time yet, but something that I could make money off of, at what point did that start to come into your mind? Um, I don't know if that thought actually ever entered my mind until I was really like forced to come to terms with it. Um, the side hustle started because I was just really bored and I needed to be creative. I needed to bake. I needed to feed people, um, you know, as, you know, kind of a refuge from that soul sucking office work. Um, and really I was only forced to reckon with like needing to make money from it because I was fired in the middle of COVID and, you know, looking for another job was really, really daunting. And I just, you know, I, I knew the talent was there. I just didn't, didn't have the confidence in it until I was kind of forced to have the confidence in it. So when you're starting your own business, you're announcing a crumb coat and chill is my thing now. How do you get the word out? Because it's one thing to post some great pictures on Instagram and you have a little bit of word of mouth from friends and family. But when you're doing it professionally, you got to have thousands of followers on social media. How did, how did you build that following? How did you let people know what you were doing? I really don't know if I'm the expert on this because I still feel like, you know, I'm trying to get the word out there that I exist. Um, but I think I had to give a lot away for free. You know, you you walk into office buildings and you're like, hey, here's my stuff. Here's my card. Consider me for your next event. Um, it is a lot of social media. I did a lot of pop ups. Um, Sheely Town Market is this cutest little plant shop. And they, you know, I just made friends with them because I love plants. And we bonded over that. And they kind of brought me in and they're like, hey, we're going to start doing pop ups. You want to do your thing? And I'm like, heck, yeah. So they brought me in and they really, really helped me get my name out into the world um, by letting me be my first venue for pop-ups and sharing these sweets with everybody. Now, I want to hear about that first pop-up and whatever you remember from it, because it's one thing to to sell pastries and to sell, you know, cakes, uh, cookies, everything online and deliver them to people and then maybe even get a message back that says, hey, this was awesome. Thank you so much. It's another, and I've heard chefs, bakers, whoever it might be, coffee shop owners with coffee like when you get to see somebody take this cookie and bite into it and they have that expression on their face or they're you know they just look at whoever they're with and be like you got to try this that's a whole new level and that that's kind of what those pop-ups provided you what do you remember about that first pop-up is there anything that really stands out I remember being really really nervous and I had somebody helping me and I kept going, nobody's going to come. Nobody's going to come. Nobody's going to buy my stuff. They're going to think it's too expensive. They're going to think it's ugly. They're going to think, you know, they can make it at home. They're going to think they could get it anywhere. But then people started coming and they started trying and they just kept coming and they kept coming. And I think I almost sold out that day. And I had no idea what kind of numbers of items I should bring, what would sell, what to price them at. I was absolutely clueless. But people showed up. People loved it. People talked about it. They posted about it. And I was like, okay, I can do this again. So then, so I kept showing up and it just kept, you know, getting bigger. What does that do for your confidence? It definitely helps because I'm still terrified of watching anybody eat my stuff in front of me. I did a wedding cake over the summer and as the couple was cutting it, I was hiding around the corner 
throwing a drink back just because I couldn't I like could not handle watching them cut into it take a bite feed each other and I mean it got great reviews but it's there's just still something inside of me that it tells me that something's gonna be wrong with it even though I know it's a good product at what point did and you talked about you still have some of those nerves but at what point did some of those nerves start to fade a little bit because crumb coat is well known now you've got almost 2500 followers on instagram like people know about you i would say you're one of the more popular bakeries in omaha or home bakers however you want to describe yourself in omaha was there a point where things started to settle down a little bit and you were like you know what this isn't some crazy dream this is real this is my job and i feel really good and i feel settled was there a point where that kind of started to set in or maybe you're still working through that now i i don't know just how do you feel? I think it really comes and goes in waves, honestly. Um, imposter syndrome is real. I'm over here sometimes thinking like, man, I'm really fooling people into thinking like I've got good cookies or good cake. And then like other days I'm like, man, I am so good at this. I made I made a paycheck today. I can feed my family, you know. it. So I think it just kind of comes and goes as, you know, successes happen, failures happen, Um and again, imposter syndrome is real. It really has you thinking like, man, I kind of suck at this when you really don't. Well, if you ever need any encouragement, feel free to just message me and I will tell you about, as I'm feasting on one of these things, just how good it is. Thank you. Uh, speaking of wedding cakes, you got married in September of 2022. So congratulations. Thank you. And not only got married, but you made your own wedding cake. I cannot even imagine <laughs> amid all the stress of wedding planning creating your own cake which my hat's off to you the result you the pictures on instagram was this beautiful two-tiered white cake with of course flowers on top so again going back to that idea that this is one of the most important days of your life how did you decide on the design and the flavor of that cake because you know that cake is going to be in pictures it's going to be in your memory forever that's a special cake how did you come up with the details for it? It was it was all kind of a no-brainer, honestly. Um, we chose chocolate, me and my husband, because that's it's just undeniably my best f- flavor of cake. If you've ever had it, that's the best one. I think you've had it. Um, yeah. yeah, that's definitely the best flavor of cake. So we were like, boom, chocolate, easy. And then the flower design was honestly inspired by my bouquet. Holly at District 2 Floral does the most Im- amazing floral work um it's all sustainable all it was all local so she designed my bouquet and I think the word I just dis- used to describe how I wanted it was feral um and wild so I was like go crazy with the flowers and then I just looked at it and took the extra pieces and just placed them on however it spoke to me um but it honestly was not stressful making my own wedding cake we eloped um and there were like four people there. So I was not super worried about like pleasing anybody. We did not need that much cake. I just really wanted it for the pictures. Of course. There's so much in my freezer right now. Um, but it's it's a good memory for that day for sure. And it's great to, on your first anniversary, and maybe you'll have it from multiple anniversaries, be able to go back and take that cake out of the freezer yes. and enjoy it and just remember that special day. Yeah. So you did a great job on it. Um, we have spent so much time today talking about cakes but as i've mentioned you do a lot of different things i mean it, even here in front of us we've got 
a scone, we've got brownies, we've got cookies, we've got a, a beautiful creme brulee cupcake. There are a lot of bakers who, a lot of bakers in Omaha who have chosen to kind of take one baked good and perfect it and make that their thing, whether that be macarons or cookies or or cakes. You've kind of gone a different way and you've decided I'm going to, you know, I'm going to bake the whole spectrum. Whatever somebody wants, I can try and create that for them. Why did you go down that lane versus just specializing in in one baked good? I have tried so hard to like nail it down, niche it down and then like then I'm like, "Oh, but what if I want to make this new thing?" And I just I can't shut my brain off to just be like, "Yeah, we're just going to do one thing." Cakes are definitely my bread and butter and they're my favorite. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I just can't help it. Like I need to, I need to make different things. I need to switch it up. If I'm going to keep this passion alive, then I need to make a new recipe every single day. Hence why donuts are on the brain. Yes. Yes. So on January 6th of this year, 2023, you announced that you were moving into her company, which, uh, I mentioned before, um, what drew you to that opportunity and what does that space offer you that your home kitchen does not? Um, so it offers me a lot. It's really, really nice to not be working at home. Um, it was really isolating. Um, there was very limited space. So definitely the draw first off was the equipment not being at home was number one. Second was the community that that place provides it's so nice to hop into a kitchen and just have like a bunch of other supportive women cheering you on doing what they do best loving every minute of it um encouraging you know it's it's a really good feeling so for people who haven't been into her company first of all change that about yourself second (laughs) it's it's a it's this awesome shop boutique whatever you want to call it where as of the last I counted, I think there were over 40 different women-owned businesses that operate out of it. And of course, there are candle makers and lotion makers and coffee makers and all kinds of really cool designs. Obviously, I focus mostly on the food stuff. And, and there's all kinds of, especially desserts and pastries, there's some just fantastic stuff coming out of there. But I love what you just talked about with the community and that when you're back there in that commercial kitchen, you're not just heads down, but you're interacting with the other bakers. What is that conversation like? What's that discussion like as you guys bounce ideas and and thoughts off one another? Yeah, there's a lot of recipe troubleshooting. Hey, how do you do this? Or how do you pull that off? How do you package this best? What do you, what do you like about this? What do you not like about this? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of ideas swimming around, but also there's just a lot of encouragement. Like when one of us is having doubts, when one of us is like, this is not the best thing I've made. There's somebody behind you going, yes, it is the best thing you've made. Don't throw that away. Keep going. Keep trying. Um, So it's just, it's a lot, it's a lot of empowering other women to just keep doing what they love. Now, I have a feeling you're going to push back against this a little bit, but I think you would probably be one of the, if not the most well-known baker in that kitchen, at least going by social media recognition, social media followers, you have more of a presence than a lot of the other bakers do. And I've had other bakers that operate out of her company on this show, uh, Ashley from Sweet Ash Max and, and Christina from Cravings Cookies. They've both come on and unsolicited, they've brought your name up as someone who, especially when they first started, was vital in understanding that kitchen and perfecting their flavors and maybe 
you know, figuring out, oh, this oven, you know, works different than my one at home. What's the difference? What was it uh, like that made you kind of step forward and not only be a part of that community, but be a leader? I don't, I don't know if I did it on purpose. I think it just comes with me, you know, wanting to be there to support other people. And when I learn something, I want to share it. I don't necessarily want to keep it to myself. I think part of me is very much a teacher. So it might be unsolicited at times, but I'm going to tell you like, you know, how things work or what's happening in my brain or like, how can we make this better? And when people ask, I love it because I love, I just like to, I just like to help. Mm -hmm. Now, one of my first thoughts in going into her company, I mean, there are multiple different refrigerated displays that have baked goods from, I would guess at least 10 different companies. Sounds about right. And my, my first thought was like, this must be really hard for these companies because their products are directly up against their competitors, essentially. I know you guys are friends, but like if, if I'm buying cake from, from somebody else at her company, I'm probably not buying your cake at the same time. But I had a, a really interesting conversation with a food truck owner recently and where they were talking about, yeah, at a food truck rally, there's more competition but the more food trucks are there, the more people stop, the more people want to come in because there's more interest there. So while the greater percentage of people might not be buying from your truck, they're there and you will make more money anyway. Is it kind of similar with her company and that, yes, people might stop in and get things that are different from yours, but you're still getting that platform. And the fact that everybody's coming in to experience baked goods means everyone succeeds. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's really nice just to have that big assortment there. So somebody can walk in and they can get a crumb coat and chill cupcake, a cravings cookie, a sweet ash mac, you know, a brownie from crumb cakes, bakery, um, something beautiful from Cassie's creations or from uh, conscious comforts. There's so there's just so much talent there that you would be doing yourself a disservice if you didn't grab something from everybody mm -hmm. what does it do for the visibility of your company to not only can you now put awesome images on your website or on social media but you can just have it out there where someone who doesn't even know what crumb coat and chill is can walk into her company and just see one of your cakes and be like yep that i need that how much does that visibility help you, uh your company that has helped tremendously. It's super nice to just have a retail space where people can walk in and just see it all in front of them. I think it's easier. I think it's easier to buy something when you already see it and you see other people buying it versus like, oh, I got to take a chance on this girl on Instagram who has pretty pictures, but we don't know if that's what it's consistently like. So I think it's kind of comforting to see in a retail setting, know other people are buying it. Um, and it's definitely helped get the word out there because somebody might come in for Ashley's macarons, but then they're like, huh, we could use a little cupcake for a celebration too. So they grab some of those and then they just start, you know, buying from everybody, supporting everybody. I love that. And selfishly, I'm just going to say from my perspective, like, I don't think I probably would have tried Crumb Coat and Chill if not for her company because as wonderful and as beautiful as your cakes are, like, I'm probably not going to buy one of those for my wife and I. It's going to take us a long time to eat that. But I can come in and I can get us a couple cupcakes. I can get us a couple cake slices or some cookies. Just being able to buy it in a little bit smaller amounts where you're still 
you know, you're still selling that whole cake just in smaller pieces and makes it more accessible to everyone. So I, I love it. Um, so I would definitely encourage listeners, viewers, go into her company and check it out. But also, I mean, if you want to just buy a whole cake from Haley, don't feel bad about that because we encourage that as well. You should definitely buy the whole cake and you do not need an occasion for cake. The occasion can be cake. True. And what you just said, it freezes well. It does freeze really well. So yeah. there you go. Uh, as we wind down here, I, I found, I believe it was on Instagram somewhere. Maybe you said it in, in, in an interview. Um, you said you, your, your dream is to open a brick and mortar someday. In your eyes, what does the future of Crumb Coat and Chill hold? The f- future of crumb coat and chill is a space where people can gather they can eat they can hang out they can have a cup of tea or coffee or a drink and just you know spend time with people while eating the good stuff that sound is amazing i really like that and whenever that comes whether that's years down the road if it ever comes to fruition i very much look forward to that all right we're running up against clock but I've got two questions for you that I like to ask just about everybody before I uh, before I let them get out of here. Uh, the first one is, what is one thing about, however you want to take this, the restaurant industry, the food industry, baking industry, that you don't think customers understand that you wish they did understand? Oh, um, I don't think they understand how how deep it is a part of all of us every chef i know like food is their entire personality and food is absolutely my whole personality like people who love to cook like we don't just love to throw food together we love it because we love to feed people to serve people to bring people together and i think that's i think that can speak for a lot of other chefs or pastry chefs or food artists that is a brilliant answer. And uh, to get you out of here on a positive note, what's your favorite thing about being a part of the food industry, baking industry, just food in general? Um, I think it, a few favorite things is just, you know, the creative outlet, the, you know, the ability to wake up every morning and make something beautiful and then to have people come in and enjoy it and bring people together and be a part of those like best occasions. I think that's very best. Mm-hmm. Well, Haley, thank you so much for the time today. This is the point in the podcast where I just, I got to put my fan hat on and just tell people how awesome that your creations are. And I've only had a small fraction, like the tip of the iceberg on top of everything that you offer and have created and are going to continue to create. But I mean, for people who are watching, just like try anything at her company, but right here, this creme brulee cupcake. Yeah, this is a cupcake with just that perfect caramelized top. That, Like, if I had a fork right now, I could be banging it on top of it and you would be able to hear it. That's creme brulee in cake form, which if you don't think that sounds good, then you shouldn't be listening to this podcast because you're a crazy person. Anyway, crumbcoatomaha.com. That's where you can go to check out Haley's Creations. Um, you, you can order there. You can go into her company, just see what, what's in the shelves. If you follow Crumb Coat and Chill on Facebook and Instagram, Haley is very good about updating uh, not only the custom cakes that she creates so you can kind of see what's available, get some inspiration, but also what she's stocking the shelves at her company with. So I would highly encourage you, follow her, 
and try some of her food because these are, in my opinion, some of the best baked goods in Omaha, and I just think you need to try them. Haley, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I really appreciate you taking your time out. Thank you so much, Dan. Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.